This is Fearless Beauties, a podcast dedicated to voices of color in the beauty industry. We are talking to estheticians, skincare professionals, and beauty industry owners on tactical career tips, professional skill development, and ultimately how we can create a better beauty industry together. As we enter our fourth season, we dedicate our episodes to the skincare professionals who are focused on mindset mastery and building community for all. Welcome back to the Fearless Beauties podcast. On season four, we're joining forces with Nichelle Mosley, the Barrier Queen, and we'll be uncovering a mindset mastery challenge, helping people shift their thinking, gain confidence, and foster personal growth. I am your host, Alina Velez. I'm your co-host, Nichelle Mosley. And today we've got a guest speaker. We've got Sarah Inlows, um, owner and operator of Take It Off Tattoo Removal and Alt Spa in Portland, Oregon. Say hello, Sarah. Hi. Thanks for having me on the pod. Thanks so much. Thanks for being here. Today's episode, we are going to be diving into embracing diversity as strength. And we're really going to be exploring the concept that embracing diversity and inclusivity, it isn't just a social obligation, but a strategic advantage. I just want to dive right in and kind of pick your brain a little bit, Sarah. And um, I just feel like um, you're such an example of embracing diversity and inclusivity in the spa space. And we just want to know um, what has led you to this path? Like, why do you do what you do? I love that. So I always describe take it off um, tattoo removal, the like main part of our business as we're tattooed people who do tattoo removal for people who have tattoos who want to get cooler tattoos. (laughs) My my husband and I opened up take it off tattoo removal in 2020, right after we opened up our tattoo shop that is now adjacent to take it off, but we originally opened up, take it off inside of our tattoo shop, Pink Panther in a little upstairs room. So, you know, we had this idea of just expanding our offerings to our community by offering tattoo removal in a non-judgmental environment. So like, if you have ever gone on my website, I have the like moniker of no pretense, no judgment, no malarkey. <laughs> That's kind yes. of my vibe. I have that written yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> it's a huge statement just really right good. off the top. It's right front and center on your page. And I was, it's, it's a great statement. You know, the alt spa comes in for a couple of reasons. So like, you know, we do advanced aesthetic treatments at take it off, but I didn't want to call us a med spa because we are not medical professionals, first of all, right? Um, we're certified advanced estheticians. I don't want to ever present myself like I am, you know, part of the medical field because um, that seems just like weird to me. Um, it's also why I don't wear scrubs to work, you know. I always want to make sure that the way I'm presenting myself to my clients is really straightforward and seems really honest, you know, and that's, that's just a personal thing for me. Um, you know, wearing scrubs, I totally get it. Um, 
but it's just like not my vibe. Um, but the alt again comes in like we're an alternative to a traditional med spa. I grew up in Portland and I remember, you know, like going into like, like us, we go and doing things in those areas. And like, that's just like never my vibe, you know, like the very white, clean aesthetic and not to say that there's not a space for that. And not to say that, you know, those spaces aren't amazing. My collaborative agreement person, Suzanne, has a gorgeous spa in uh, Beaverton Aura Aesthetics, and she kills it. Um, That's the vibe. It looks amazing. But I really wanted to do something in Portland that felt like old Portland, just kind of like weird, you know, combining advanced services with some personality. And when you come into my shop, you definitely feel comfortable, you know, it feels not as scary as going into almost like a doctor's office, you know? So our intention was to create a space where our friends and colleagues would feel comfortable coming and trying out new services that they might feel like are outside of their reach because they may seem a little exclusive, you know, like getting microneedling or getting, you know, radio frequency microneedling and advanced, you know, like laser hair removal. Those were all things that were really important to us to have a space where our friends that are like bartenders, tattooers, sex workers, you know, feel comfortable coming into knowing that they're not going to feel weird or looked at or judged in a certain way. And you can tell I can talk a lot. <laughs> I really answered that question because, you know, like it really gives you an insight into what you offer your community, which is, I think, very, very rare. You know, someone who is celebrating community rather than just tolerating community. Um, right. Some of those, you know, modalities that you mentioned, they're very result driven, you know, and to have totally. access to that. And have it in a non-judgmental space. That's just so really invaluable. So, yeah, no, totally. thanks so much for going into that detail. Like we were joking, but I mean, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's always been really important to me because, like, I don't know. Also, on my website, if you go down, you'll see a statement that says we are an unsafe space for like a litany of descriptors, like. We're in safe space for racists, for transphobes, for, you know, fascists, ethnocentrics, turfs, swerfs. Like it was really important to me to, I don't know, it always seeing that like we are a safe place for XYZ or like in this house, we believe blah, blah, blah. Like it didn't seem like enough for me um, mm-hmm. because I, I always felt like spaces that proclaimed themselves safe spaces also allowed unsafe people into those spaces, (laughs) you know? So, you know, being a safe place means not allowing unsafe people into that space too, you know? So that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. But that was always something that was really important to me. I remember when I first opened and I put that on the website and I like made a sticker on, on Canva to put on my door, you know, my husband was like, that's a little, that might be a little intense, babe. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of intense, you know, like, sure. and, and that's okay. You know, like that's the vibe, you know, like I aggressively hype up my friends and clients and friends, you know, family. I want to like make sure that I'm aggressively like showing like who the heck I am because 
the clients that do find me know what they're getting, right? Yes. There's no question when they walk into my shop that they're going to feel comfortable there, right? And I think it goes back to, I speak all the time about being true to you and you just are like so true to your core and have just built your business around these strong belief systems. Um, And, and I just, I love it. And so I, I feel like kind of like the common denominator of what we're talking about is like representation and accessibility, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. super huge. I wish we could show a picture of what your space looks like, but what are some things you've kind of implemented to break that clean aesthetic and show representation in your space? Sure. So I, it's, it's almost like walking into like a tattoo shop. <laughs> like when you walk into my shop, you'll see a huge flat screen TV that has a slideshow that uh, showcases some offerings, some videos that were done by Electric Beauty Pro. Shout out. Um, and also, you'll see a nice huge mural on the wall that was painted by one of my clients who's super amazing. Um, and you'll also see a lot of like local art. You'll see art from tattooers like Jaybok, who works over at Tiger Clue. Um, you'll see art from Sergey and Cheyenne Sawyer, who work over at Thunderbird. Cheyenne owns Thunderbird Tattoo. Um, I have a few pieces from him. And I do have an original Cheyenne Sawyer, which I am very proud of. And just other, you know, prints from tattooers and just like silly fun things. Um, I'm really into like googly eyes and putting them in weird places for people to randomly find. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like my thing is like, if we're not having fun, like what are we doing? You know, like it's, there's always something new in the shop. I'm always adding something. I just made something two days ago. I made a a shadow box that says in case of emergency break glass and it has little sachet of sunscreen <laughs> you know like, <laughs> just you know mm. just shaking it up having fun but our treatment rooms um are very clean you know we have treatment tables that accommodate you know like 400 pounds plus um another thing that's really important to me is making sure that my clients with larger bodies feel comfortable and you know, little things like I have armrests for, um, that are for tattooing generally, but, you know, I use them during tattoo removal, but when I'm doing a facial on a client that has a larger body offering to put armrests on the side of them while they're getting a facial so they can actually relax and not just have to keep their arms on top of their chest the entire time. Like, Let's actually relax your shoulders during your facial, you know, like small things like that, where, it's just like, it's easy to do if, if you think about it, you know, and just like anticipating those needs, like in a different life, I was in hospitality. I did management and there's a really good book by Danny Meyer who opened Shake Shack and Gramercy Tavern. And he describes himself as a hospitalitarian. And I always really liked that um, description, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. like, how can we make this experience as awesome, friendly, and memorable as possible? You know, because people like are spending a lot of money for our services that are not necessities, right? Like every mm-hmm. single thing we do is a luxury. Getting a tattoo is a luxury. 
getting tattoo removal is a luxury. You know, it's not covered by insurance. You know, getting a dermaplaning facial is a luxury. So, you know, making sure from the minute they step into the shop to the minute they leave, they feel taken care of and seen and appreciated and needed is really important for me. Wow. Because, you know, that goes into so much of how how people come into the space and like you mentioned, feel really seen, feel really heard. And that client retention that you must have based on, you know, just, you know, being really mindful and really intentional. Um, I, I think that, you know, that there's some things that some of our listeners can actually learn from um, in these instances when it comes to, you know, like how to broach the topic of, you know, speaking to clients with larger bodies and, and having that information, you know, readily available to them so that it isn't something that they have to ask for, but it's already, you know, implemented. Totally. totally. Yeah. I'll also like add on that, like, yeah, like having these conversations with our clients in a way that's not weird, right? Like, like you yeah. know, I, I have a lot of clients too that are like in the kink community, right? That have, you know, BDSM, like dom uh, sub relationships, right? And I do a lot of tattoo removal on clients as different parts of their bodies, right? So we know that we should not and will not perform treatments on bruised areas, on areas with lacerations, right? So when I have clients that, you know, come in and I see like a bruise on their buttock, right? I'll be like, hey, I noticed a bruise on your buttock. Can you tell me about that? And like, generally speaking, like most of my clients like will tell me before anything even goes down, they'll be like, Hey, you're going to see a bruise on my butt. Like it was from some fun time, you know, and I'll be like, okay, cool. Move on. You know, like we don't need to have a sit down conversation of like, I feel very comfortable talking about kink culture and, you know, like just getting getting the information (laughs) Mm -hmm. and educating our clients, you know, like, Hey, uh, can you just let your Dom know to like, give some more area around your treatment area next time. Cause we can't do a treatment today. Like just plan your play better, you know, and they'll be like, okay, cool. You know? So, and also with that, when we're coming to, you know, clients with larger bodies, just being, you know, making sure you have spa wraps that are large enough for your clients, right. Having those armrests available and be like, Hey, can I place these underneath your arms so you can relax, you know, just mm. very quick interactions. You don't have to, you know, make it weird or make them feel called out, you know, we're all part of the same community, right? So, you know, just getting the information, making them feel seen and heard, but also like doing your job safely is really important, right? Like shying away from those conversations is unsafe for your clients, you know? So, you know, finding a way to just have those conversations in a down to earth yet professional ways is really important, you know? Lee. I think it really um, strengthens that that foundation of um, just like relationship with your client too. And so that might lead to um, opening other doors and maybe them asking you more questions or, and in return, making a more inclusive world, ultimately, you know? Um, totally. Yeah, totally. You know, and like telling their friends like, hey, this is 
a place that isn't going to be weird and judgmental. You know, if you have like rope burns on your arms or something, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, accessibility is is important. That representation is something that, you know, has to be reinforced in 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 a manner that is trustworthy and authentic. So this is exactly what our audience is needing to hear more about and, you know, what people actually need to start to help with implementing too. So, you know, thank you so much for being um, so honest about that. Yeah, of course. You know, I remember when I, so I went to Spectrum Advanced Aesthetics and when I was in my advanced course, um, Mary had Amory Jane from Shebop the Shop come in for a workshop on pronouns, you know, and also like talking about bruising and stuff like that, like kink community. And I remember being like, oh, like this is all stuff that like I already kind of know, but it's cool like integrating it into this, you know, into this context. And, you know, I remember hearing things from that that workshop where I was like, oh, that'll be really easy to integrate. And that's something that I'm really glad that this guest speaker was brought in for, you know, and I remember, you know, talking or, you know, like watching some, (laughs) some other students who were a little uncomfortable, you know, talking about, you know, BDSM or talking about, you know, the difference between, you know, writing down preferred pronouns versus pronouns, you know, like the implication of like pronouns being a preference versus they're just your freaking pronouns, you know? Mm-hmm. So like little, little changes like that, when you think about that in your like intake form, you know, like what are your pronouns, you know, and having options like she, her, he, him, they, them, and other, you know, um, and knowing that pronouns can change, you know, like we have clients that are non-binary, you know, and just like changing your language, across the board can be helpful for me. Like every time I have a client come in, I greet them by saying, hi friend, you know, cause like I have so many clients that like most of them, I remember pronouns, but friend is always safe. Right. And they are all a friend. Right. You know, instead of saying like, Hey girl, or Hey dude, you know, like, friend is a welcoming and gender neutral term that you can use and it automatically just brings that warmth to the conversation you know yeah I love that and I think um how you mentioned putting it on the intake form so that from the beginning we're we're setting ourselves up for just a comfortable uh, experience for, for our clients. And so just really getting it right from the beginning. And again, not making it this big conversation. If it wasn't on your intake form and you just wanted to ask, I don't think it needs to be this stiff conversation. People appreciate asking. So don't be afraid to ask somebody their pronouns if it's not on your intake form. Yeah. It's just an easy, you know, every time I have a consultation come in, I have them sit down and I say, you know, I'm going to look over this questionnaire that you filled out. And the very first question is pronouns. So I go, oh, your pronouns are, you know, X, Y, Z, mine's she, her. Thank you for filling this out for me. And like moving on, you know, and I have, you know, Fitzpatrick classification, all the things, you know, and like, yeah, it doesn't have to be a weird drawn out (laughs) conversation to prove that you're like, woke or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, or that, you know, the right things to say, it's just like, you, you just, 
just our person, you know, it's like, can we just mm. be people? Can we just treat yeah. people like fucking people? Oops, sorry. <laughs> 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 you know, like I have clients, I had a client come in months ago who had gone to a consultation for tattoo removal somewhere else. And she was a Fitzpatrick for she was a Mexican heritage and we were talking and I was like, yeah, so like your tattoo, like we're going to have to be a little bit lower on our, you know, power settings just because, you know, you have darker skin and, you know, the darker your skin is the faster we reach that clinical endpoint. So going to be a little slower and lower, you know? And she was like, oh man, that's so much nicer than the way that someone else said that to me. I'm like, what? She's like, well, this person just kept referring to me as a person of color. They just kept being like, as a person of color, we're going to have to be careful because you're a person of color. And it was just like, what? Like, it's just like weird, you know, like we're talking about the same thing, but you're talking in this way. That's making this person feel like called out and othered, you know, like we can just talk like normal people, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Um, like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's an odd thing sometimes. I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, I lived in San Francisco for like 10 years and it's just, you know, you have more opportunity to be around different cultures and like bigger cities. So maybe that's where that comes from, that wanting to do it right, you know, as opposed to just being a little more comfortable speaking with people, you know? So. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of brings me to a good question of like, have you always seen the world with like an inclusive lens or was there kind of like a, a person, place or thing that maybe influenced and kind of got the, got you thinking a little bit? Oh, definitely not. I mean, so when I was a kid, I grew up in Portland, but I was homeschooled in Portland. So I had a pretty sheltered, like young childhood in Portland. And then my parents moved us out to Eastern Oregon. So we were in mm. a city of like 10,000 people where like cows outnumbered us, um, <laughs> you know, and like, I was definitely, you know, I thought I was very cool and progressive, you know, I was like reading a people's history by Howard Zinn in like my sophomore year and, you know, was doing like radical cheers and stuff like that. But, you know, it was really when I moved to San Francisco right out of high school, I lived there from 18 to 27, um, just being dropped into a city that is like very, very multicultural, you know, like immediately having friends who are, you know, Moroccan, Ukrainian, Mexican, Guatemalan, you know, like everyone, you know, and just understanding that the world is so huge and my worldview and scope and my, even my language, you know, was so limited, um, in being open to learning, um, when you think, you know, it all <laughs> is like uncomfortable, you know, especially when like you're a kid, but yeah, mm -hmm. definitely living in San Francisco and, you know, just stumbling upon things like, I stumbled upon like the Folsom street fair. I don't know if you know what that is, but if you don't, you can Google it. <laughs> yeah. You know, stumbling across things where I, my little Eastern Oregon eyes would have never seen. That was, that was a really big, big turning point for me, you know, and then like working in the restaurant industry and, you know, working with 
tons of different types of people. And, you know, I remember my, my boss at the time, he was super, like he, his staff was very diverse. Like I remember this was like 10 years ago, like one of our servers was a trans black woman. And, you know, I remember like, I was like, that's the first like trans woman I've ever met, you know? And this was in North beach in San Francisco, little Italy, which is like kind of like a conservative little enclave. And, you know, my, the owner of that restaurant was aggressively loving towards his staff. Like I remember someone was being rude to this woman and he just went up to the table, took their food, threw it away and was like, get the F out. And I was like, hell yeah, dude. Like <laughs> this <laughs> is how you run a business, you know, like yeah. when people are like, you lost a client or you lost a customer. It's like, good man. Like we don't need clients like you or customers yeah. like, you know, like having, having a mentor like that was pretty, and I still call him to this day, you know, um, he's one of the hardest working people I know, and he's really passionate about what he does. And he's really steadfast on his values, which I think is really incredible. Absolutely. Those, I mean, those core values are really, are what really set the tone for, you know, how you respond when people react and, you know, are, erratic I mean just (laughs) there's all kind of people who come unhinged out in the world nowadays and Uh, I just think that you know how you respond is 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 really what sets you apart with you know that resilience that grit um and from what it sounds like your mentor you know also grace as well so um yeah 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 I'd also like to add something about just like so our shop is on Burnside right so like we're in like we're on the east side, but like we're on downtown, like the other side of the downtown, you know? So like our block is, there's always something crazy happening, you know, like there's ambulances going around, like there's a clinic up the street from us that's a rehab, you know? And so like, you know, there's a lot of sick and suffering people in like every city. Right. So, you know, talking to, and being respectful of our neighbors who are houseless, you know, is really important in like de-escalating situations when you have a storefront downtown basically um, is important. And, you know, treating people with respect and empathy, if it's safe to do so, you know, like there's always opportunities at her shop to do stuff like that. And, um, you know, the thing that I always, always suggest to people that are like, what do I do? You know, it's like, just invite people to walk outside with you to have a chat, you know, like we'll have people that are walking into our shop while we're with other clients, um, you know, like asking to like wash our windows or whatever, And I'll just invite them to walk outside with me and we'll chat for a second, you know, and, you know, talking and treating people like humans is really important. And also like recognizing that like, these are people with stories and histories and families. Like it's really important when we live in big cities, you know, like Portland is now a city, you know, a lot of people, especially like old Portlanders are like, Oh my God, Portland's changed. And it's like, yeah, Portland's a city now, you know, big cities have 
big city issues, you know, and myself, like I'm, I've been clean and sober for 11 years next month. And, you know, it's, it's important to be able to lead by example, you know, when we see, you know, people that we see every day, you know, and treating them like neighbors, you know, and because we'll, we'll be interacting with those neighbors for a long time. Right. So again, just going to like being a person, you know, just like being respectful and empathetic and while still like, you know, being safe. Um, but yeah, that's important. Sarah, what I really appreciate you is you're really intentional about your words and how you address people. And I think that that's like, it's such an easy place to start. And I think it's really just as simple as thinking before you speak and like, hey, is is this really the message I'm trying to put across or do I really mean to say this? Right. You know, even, you know, you, you referred to the houseless instead of calling them a bum or home, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, it's those little things that really do go a long way and, and you're very intentional and, and, and I really appreciate that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, everybody that we know, at least everyone I know, you know, is like one paycheck, two paychecks away from not having a place to live, you know, Mm. like it's, it's not like we are, that special, you know, it's like, God, that could be, that could be me, you know, like when I was living in San Francisco, I was a GM of this restaurant and this couple used to come in like every week. One of them worked at the San Francisco Chronicle. The other one worked at the hospital and the wife got cancer. They ended up losing their apartment. The husband started drinking and they were literally on the streets within like two months. And we would see this couple, they were on the street. It was, it was freaking mind blowing, you know, because, you know, we had them in every week for wine and, you know, Italian food. And it was just like, holy crap, that is anybody's story that, just hasn't been written yet. You know, it's just like, you know, treating people <laughs> with compassion, you know, it's like, cause God, if that's me one day, you know, mm. and also knowing that like, you know, nothing is, nothing is permanent, right? Like I've seen so many friends and clients, even and family members who have struggled with addiction. And when they go through recovery and that light comes on, you know, like that shift that happens. It's so cool. You know, like I have clients who have started getting tattoo removal with me with, they have tattoos that no longer serve them. They're from a time in their life where they, that's not them anymore, you know, and seeing that progression of that fading of the ink, but also seeing that like tone come back to their skin and their eyes light up and just, it's such an honor to be a part of those journeys with our clients because it's a long-term commitment when you do tattoo removal, right? Like you're doing treatments every two months and generally you'll be doing it for like a couple of years, right? So we get to know each other and we get to know each other's lives. And it's so cool to be able to witness people's evolution. And it's just, it's, 
it's, it's strange. Like people in the recovery community kind of like find each other randomly. So like I have a lot of clients who are clean and sober that we like find out randomly that we both are, or like clients whose kids are getting sober, you know, and it's just, it's really neat. It's like kismet, you know, um, it's kind of like you, you get what you put out there, you know? Absolutely. I, I definitely am a firm believer in when you are someone who is authentic, you believe in having real genuine conversations with people who come through your doors. That is your real genuine community. I mean, if you're not embracing the people that are your neighbors and, you know, genuinely seeing what they, you know, bring to the table other than, you know, just what they can give you, then I think that there's a lot that you're missing out on. Yeah, um, a huge miss. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's so exclusionary and like it's like, what do you think you you're better? You know, it's like we are all a part of this same story that's happening at this moment in time, you know? Yeah. Well, that's good stuff. Um, well, just to kind of wrap up our, our episode, I just kind of wanted to build on the question, like, what does a person need to be fearless? Some advice, Sarah, that you could give to listeners that are maybe considering starting a new business or already have a business. What are some things to be fearless like you? Well, I think that if you're thinking about opening up a business, like sitting down and really brainstorming and writing out a business plan is really important and trying to define your core values, um, trying to define your, um, your market is really important. Um, looking around your surrounding market to see what's already out there and seeing like what's missing, you know? Um, Mm. And when you're asking about like, what does it mean to like be fearless? Like being a business owner is, it's hard, dude. It's never ending. (laughs) Like it's, it never ends, you know? Um, And just, you know, integrity comes to mind. Like integrity is like, you know, doing the right thing, even when no one's watching, right? Like not taking shortcuts and, you know, owning up, like if you make mistakes, um, and also, you know, I think being fearless also means like asking for help. Um, Mm. and knowing that it's okay not to know everything all at once. It's okay that you're not as strong in something right when you begin it. Right. Um, I feel like, in this era of like social media, it's really easy to go online and be like, Oh my God, my lash lifts don't look that amazing as, you know, the number one winner from Alibana. So I'm doing it wrong. Or, you know, like I don't have, you know, 10,000 followers and like my stuff doesn't look that good. It's like, you're doing you, you know, know that people aren't putting online their failures. They're only putting their successes out there. Um, and don't compare yourself to someone that's not you compare yourself to yourself. Um, almost like an athlete with a PR, right? Like, can I do better than my last PR today? Measuring yourself up to you, you know, because that's the only thing that you can actually change, right? Like Mm. you can, you can work on your own skills. Um, 
and, you know, creating relationships with clients where if you want to try to improve your skills, asking them to model for you, you know, like, Hey, I want to like work on this thing. Could you come in and receive this service and give me your honest feedback? You know, um, that's really important, you know, and having people around you who are going to be honest with you and will help you if you ask them for help, you know, cause it's hard to ask for help. Um, I'm really type a, um, and I like to do everything on my own, but when it comes to like owning a business, it's impossible, man. It's impossible to do everything on your own. Um, it's just that work life balance that millennials really struggle with having because <laughs> this is the first time in my life where I've only had one job. Um, you know, we're just used to being so productive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be 40 in just a couple years, you know, like I need to figure out how to get that balance down a little bit more. So that means asking for help and being okay. Um, you know, I heard someone say once like someone giving like, um, 10% is better than me giving like a hundred percent on my day off. You know what I mean? Like Mm. allowing yourself time to like rest and take care of this vessel. Cause like our body is our tool when we are estheticians, you know? So yeah, being fearless, just being true to yourself and those core values. Um, that's, that's what it is for me. And also knowing that like, you're gonna have bumps around businesses. Like we opened during the middle of a freaking pandemic. Okay. Like we-, <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even touch on that. I had that on yeah. my list to ask you, but oy, oy, yeah, oy. that alone, that alone, man. Yeah. Like, hats I mean, there's, off. Like, hats off there's to you. Old like adage. That's like, we can stay full off scraps, you know, <laughs> and, like that was definitely me and my husband's vibe for like 2020, 2021, like, you know, we were spending money as fast as we were making it, you know, but like, you know, we just put our heads down. And I also worked my other job for the first like year and a half that we'd open, take it off. Um, I was a social media manager for a restaurant company. Um, and you know, some just like, you got to do what you got to do. Just like put your head down at work, you know? Yeah. So you have to take advantage of your opportunities. I mean, and mm, it definitely sounds totally. like you have done that and you've been courageous, you know, every step of the way um, to do it in a pandemic and, you know, just be be fearless with that mindset. Um, I think that the qualities that you mentioned, you know, it's, it's very strategic, very intentional. And there's some key elements that we all can implement into, you know, the ways that we do things day to day, you know, making habits better. Um, just that 1% more, you know, doing things that you are feeling outside of your your comfort zone so that you're, you know, not constantly just doing the same things and having the same experiences. I mean, that also in and of itself prepares you to have more self-confidence. Yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I, and like, you gotta like fake it till you make it sometimes, you know, like that's the thing, you know, talking, like I have estheticians DM me a lot me like, Hey, can we like get coffee and stuff? Or like email me being like, Oh, it's really nice to see like a space like yours. Like I'm a tattooed weirdo and I feel super empowered because you're a tattooed weirdo, you know? And like just reaching out and like having conversations with other estheticians and sharing knowledge. It's so cool. Like we have a really great community of, you know, 
providers and providers outside of aesthetics that we have to refer our clients to. Like I always say, like, I know all the hot babes, you know, like just like <laughs> creating that, that network of trusted providers is like super cool. The thing that we, we get to do because that, you know, just widens our, our net for potential clients too. Absolutely. That accountability and, you know, just ability to bounce information off of each other. Like I feel so blessed to have Alana to, you know, be someone that I can speak to regularly and, you know, just vent. Oh my gosh. All the things that we put on our plates, you know, with trying to accomplish so much and you do need that person, trusted people that you can, you know, just really open up to. Otherwise, you know, the growth really, really isn't growth. If you're not having the success at home, if you're not having that, you know, work-life balance, that harmony. So, yeah. Yeah. It can become isolating. Yeah. Very isolating. I think you've really got to let your guard down at times and just be transparent. um, And that, that allows that space for, for growth and, and working through it so good totally it's nice to know that you're like not alone right yes, <laughs> yes. 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 it's like i'm not the only basket case okay cool <laughs> <laughs> we're in this thing together exactly <laughs> totally yeah awesome well sarah it was so awesome to have you and just really get to pick your brain um on how you embrace diversity as a strength and we just appreciate your time and your transparency and just we just appreciate you thank you so much much for being one of our first guests and really i feel like you know just laying the framework, laying the blueprint for a lot of estheticians who are not only new, but people who have been doing things for a long time in the industry on ways that they can be more inclusive, on ways that they can be more open-minded and, you know, really take an, uh, I would say like uh, an insider look as to the things that you're offering and, and are you really being as inclusive as you can be? So this was just a really great great time for us to just, you know, have an hour to just really pick your brain and and understand how the how you do the things that you do. So thank you so much for for everything that you mentioned. Oh, thanks so much for having me on the podcast, both of you. Yeah, it was uh, my pleasure. It was awesome spending the hour with you. Excellent. Go ahead and um, tell our listeners where they can find you and follow you and all that good stuff. Sure. So you can find Take It Off pdx.com for our website. We're located at 1007 East Burnside Street. Uh, We're on the east side of Portland, right next door to Pink Panther Tattoo. Uh, We're on Instagram at Take It Off PDX. Awesome. And you can find me, Alina, at True Skin Lab and Nichelle. You can find me at Nichelle, the Barrier Queen or Skin Barrier Academy. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. 